I hope everyone had a good night last night. Um, you know, the Halloween season is an interesting time because at least for us in our neighborhood, uh, we meet people that we've never seen before for the first time and it seems like everybody's out. I know this year, especially with coronavirus, things were, was really different. Um, I went to my brother's house in St. Charles County and we got to see a few people, but uh, it was a very different year. Uh, but I will just encourage you, if you met somebody new and you had an opportunity with them to say hello, um, you know, be wise with coronavirus. I'm not saying just go to their house and everything, but maybe drop off a little note to them and say hi. You know, this is a great time where people are feeling very isolated in general. To be able to uh, have somebody reach out to them in the name of Jesus will make a difference. So if the Lord gave you an opportunity and you met somebody and you know their name, go give them a note. Do something. Let them know you're thinking about them. It will be maybe life to them. Wouldn't that be good? Man, that could be exciting. We could see what God will do with that. Hey, Roy, what do you think? Is it going to work? I've got to work okay, Roy is a great servant of God, Amen. isn't he? Yeah. I want to, I want to, Roy, we'll give you a round of applause. Thank you for all you do. I am not joking when I say it is, it is, uh, so since the quarantine stuff started, hundreds of hours that Roy has put in trying to help us with videos, fixing our things to make our live stream work, which very rarely works for some reason. Man, it's so frustrating, but that's okay. God's good. Um, and so we have a video this morning that we're going to watch. I want you to watch this video. It's a worship song. You can enjoy it. It's a nice song. It's, uh, it's at a worship conference. And so that's the ad that plays first on the YouTube. It's fine. Rory's on it. Uh, but we're going to watch this video together, and then we're going to talk about it in light of our study that we're doing right now on, in the book of Ephesians. So let's watch the video. Um, there's no punches, by the way. Sometimes when you watch the video, you're like, what's he going to, the big twist. Just enjoy the video, and we'll talk about it. There's no big punch twist, okay? Everybody good? All right, so if you enjoy it, you should enjoy it. It's nice, okay? Don't feel uh, not at ease. Thanks, Roy.
together in the depths of our hearts tonight. Great video, huh? It's a great video. 
imagine that you are <clears throat> standing in a crowd and you're hearing the priests and the Pharisees and they're, they're preaching and they're praying and they're saying all these things. You're hearing them as they are going through their trained rhetoric, their trained oratory skills, and they're praying beautiful prayers. And then Jesus stands up, the Son of God. He instructs the people. He says, don't pray as the Pharisees pray. Pray this way. And he says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Jesus didn't need technology. He didn't need a rise and a vamp in the music. He didn't need to set the mood. I like that song. It's a great song. I like worship like that. I wish I was that great a musician. It'd be so fun. It's incredible, isn't it? The lights are amazing. The smoke effects, hey, that's cool. The light bar thing going across the top, that was awesome. You know, they get you in a specific moment, though, don't they? Because it gets quiet, and the lights go off, and the lasers start, and everything's shaking, and it's big, and it's this moment that you've been waiting for. Because, and the reason I'm emotional about it is the reality of our lives sometimes get tired, don't they? They get isolated, don't they? They get apart from where we think the center of God's will is. Sometimes we really do feel dried up. Sometimes we really do feel sad. Sometimes we really do go through bad things. And then in the song, we get this moment where sort of everything comes together, and the very next line in the song is a miracle can happen now. And it's a great song. I'm not knocking the song. Please don't hear me. Stephen's against the song. I'm not against the song. It's a good song. But Jesus didn't need technology. When he opened his mouth to pray, he said, your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think the emotion of that song, hearing the voice of God himself instruct the people in prayer, his own prayer coming out had the same effect on people, where in the moment they, they felt like their whole lives had culminated to this, this moment, this man of seeing Jesus. And that's what the song does for us, doesn't it? Is it culminates our lives to this one moment of not just the good things or the good song or the good musicianship, but actually seeing Jesus and encountering him. And that's the same stuff they talk about in the song, isn't it? And being close to him. And you know what? It is like, it's like a river of life that floods over you sometimes, isn't it? We've been in those places, haven't we? We've had those songs, whether it's in our car on the interstate, be careful about that so you don't crash or whether it's in a dorm room in college, or whether it was at a concert, or it was at some big conference, or whether it was that first time when you got saved, when you met Christ the first time. Maybe it was last night. Maybe you spent that extra hour in prayer, and God met you in a way you haven't felt in a long time. Or maybe it's been a long time. But I'm telling you now, Jesus does not need technology. He doesn't need you to get on the YouTube and find the song and sit in your car and listen to that song and try to let all the feelings and the floods of emotions and the bad things drain off of you so that you can be close to him because he has done something different. When I hear this song, I like it and I'm excited by it and it's really fun and I, I, I recommend it to you. We played it this morning. It's good. The emotion's good. 
But the way we access the presence of God can't be little morsels that keep us sustained so we don't die of starvation in little moments in our car or in front of our computer. We have to feed on the word of God. We have to be close to him all the time. He's our source for life and he doesn't need technology. But we seem to do it all the time and need it all the time. Why is it that we can't access the emotion? Why is it that we can't feel close to God unless we have something to help us like this? The answer is twofold. The answer in the first case is you're not meant to do it alone. God has knit you into a body and the body, every joint supplies graced by God and gifted by him to bring you closer to Jesus. And yet we try all the time because we really want to do it alone with our device, with our tablet, with our phone. I can do it. I can take care of it. And God has not built us that way. He's made us to be part of a body. We need to be close to him. That's the first reason. The second reason, though, is because we honestly have bad theology. We have a lot of false ideas in us, and we don't really come to the word of God and let it change our hearts to the point where we know him in a way that we can be close to him without having the helps and the aids. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. We were blessed to have my dad with us last week talking about Ephesians with us as well, walking through some of these passages about our inheritance in Christ. God is so good to us. But we've been looking in the book of Ephesians because we're talking about the purpose of God that he has in our lives, the purpose that he's put into us, what he's called us to do in life and in this coronavirus time and in everything. And we've seen that God has a plan, and his plan is the fullness of all things. He is uniting all things in him, things in heaven and things in earth. He is filling the whole earth with his glory. He's doing it through his church, who he fills. So he fills you, and then he sends you out into the world that the whole world might be united to him and filled with him. That's incredible. He is and has already filled you. And yet, when we come to the technology, we often sing, Lord, fill me now. Lord, let this be the time that I get filled. Instead of realizing that the word of God has told us that he has already filled us. Because we don't line our thinking up with the purposes of God sometimes. And quite honestly, we get the onslaught of life and all the things that happen. You know, life moves so fast, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, you turn around and it's been six months since you've been on a date with your wife. And it's been way longer since you've been really in the word with God. It's easy to let time slip, and all of a sudden, the, the romance, the intimacy, the time that we spend with God, the feelings, the emotions, the knowing, the being close to him, it seems so distant, not because God has changed, but because we've let the busyness of life creep in. And that's not an in, indictment on any of us, because it happens to all of us. But the answer is not the technology. The answer is to come back to the truth and see what God's really done. Let's read in Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to read Paul's prayer here in verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. This is what Paul prays over the church. Just imagine for a moment the apostle to the Gentiles coming and standing over you and praying this prayer to you. How, how awesome is it? Let's read together. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, 
I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we all ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know what's missing with modern worship songs? It's the last part of this prayer. They're all about us. They're very little about God. They're mostly about meeting our needs and feeling better about things. Paul ends his prayer, notice, now to him who is able, he's talking about the Father, to him who is able to do more than we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Why were you designed? You were created and designed to be a glory to Jesus Christ. If every time you come to God, it's about our needs and our prayers and our thoughts and what we need and what we want. Now, God hears all those things and he cares for you and you should bring all your needs and wants before him all the time. But if everything that comes out of your heart is always about you and never about him, then you're missing the whole point of everything that he's done because he's created us to work in his plan, which is to unite all things in himself and to fill all things. And if he's filled us with his glory and we see his glory and we have experienced it and we encounter him, and then what comes out of our mouths is, now do this for me. We miss the point, don't we? And then we're shocked. We're shocked when we don't have things happen for us and bitterness starts to creep into our hearts. And we say, well, I tried all that. I tried praying. God didn't hear my prayer. And instead, what's happened, though, when we see the apostle telling us, the very focus, he talks about us for a minute, about being strengthened and, and these great things, which we're going to look at in a second. But so quickly, his heart turns back to the glory of the Father and God and what he's doing, because our identity is found in him. We have no hope without him. We have no identity without him. We have no purpose without him. And if everything we try to do is about us, we miss what God is doing. And then when we come before him, we don't feel the connection. We don't feel the emotions. We don't feel aligned with what he's doing because we're not. And so what we need to do, the first thing we need to do is realize that as we worship and as we come before him, and even in this prayer in Ephesians, we're coming before the king of glory, God himself who has rescued us. And the first thing that comes out of our mouth and out of our heart shouldn't be requests, but instead should be praise and glory to his name. It's the first thing that exudes out of us. And when we do that simple shift, isn't it so funny how suddenly all those emotions and feelings and the bad things start to drain out of our feet when we stop to focus on them? Paul tells us to do something better, to do something bigger. He calls us to strength. You know, as I read this passage, I was shocked a little bit. About two times Paul mentions that we would be strengthened with power in our inner being. And again, he says that we would have strength to comprehend with all the saints the dimensionless, limitless perfection of God's fullness. You know, we've read this verse so many times, haven't we? 
We've read this verse a lot, so many times. What's Paul talking about? Let's just look through it together so we have understanding. And the reason I'm doing this is because I like, I like the song that we just played. It's a great song. When I hear the song, I start to look at it through the lens of Scripture. And I'm not saying this is a critique to the song, so that's not where I'm, I'm going right now. I'm saying when I worship, I worship in a way in which I'm coming through the lens of Scripture to see what God has done, to stand on the truth of what he is doing already. What has he already said? And that causes now this glory to exude out of me. And I'm saying that because it's different than getting built up in the song for a moment. Everything leads to that rise when the lights go off and the lasers start and finally you have this emotional moment with God and now miracles are possible. The miracle is already possible. In fact, the first thing that, you know, they start singing, the presence of God is here. The evidence is all around. What do, what do you think about there? It's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer. But what do you think about there? What is the evidence? Is the evidence the smoke? Is the evidence the lasers? Listen, that would be super cool. We can do that. That's not the evidence. But I think for a lot of people there, that's the evidence. It's the sound. It's the vibrations. If I can feel the bass drum in the floor, man, that's a good meeting. That's a good, and you know what? It usually is good. It's fun. I like that stuff. But when I hear that, the evidence is all around. I immediately think of what God has done, the fullness of him uniting people in himself and filling them with himself, that he, the God from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, he is a sovereign rule over every person in the world. He has given them their identity. And he, in this room, has brought us together and named us and made us his. And the evidence of his glory, the evidence of his presence is you. It's not the music. It's the fact that you're standing here. The people of God have come together to praise. And it doesn't matter if it's acoustic or electric. It doesn't matter if there's no instruments. Because when the people come together, they're the presence of God is because he's brought us. And miracles are possible not because we've made the right environment for it. Miracles are possible because God is here in you. He's made you his temple. He's made you his vessel to go forward. And all together we represent him better than when we do alone. So now we stand together in the will and the presence of God, having been called here, having been named by him, having been gifted by him, that we would stand together in one congregation and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. And that declaration becomes the evidence for all the people around us that they say, surely God is here. It's not the music, because the music goes away. How many times have we sat in our car and listened to the music and been so pumped up and two days later we've fallen into sin? And two days later we are in the depths of despair. Two days later we are calling friends asking for the prayer chain. Why? Because the music is not enough. It's great. It's good. It's, God gave it to us. But it's fake emotion that's put into a situation to make us feel better for a little bit. Again, hear me, I'm not being critical against the band or the song or anything. I'm saying for us, his people, do we believe the book of Ephesians or do we believe YouTube? You know, that's the battle we're in right now. It is a battle because the day is coming when you're either going to stand on the word of God or you're going to acquiesce and just let it go. Because our whole world right now, our whole world 
is enamored with the ideal, idea of tolerance, which really means acceptance into anything other than what Jesus says. Because I'm telling you, Jesus is loving, but he's not tolerant. And he went to the cross for sin because he hates it so much. God names all the people he brought us together that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. You know, that's the goal. The goal is not to feel better. The goal is not to have a better moment. The goal is not to feel like you're built up and I'm, I feel prepared now. I'm prepared for all the things that God's going to call me to. You never feel prepared. When does anybody ever, when did anybody feel prepared? It's a false idea. The reality instead is that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. Listen to that again. That Christ, God forever, the eternal second person of the Trinity, who became a man on our behalf, that Christ himself would dwell in you. Dwell in you. Not just be there temporarily while the song is loud. Not just be there when you feel it. He would dwell in you and take you and you belong to him. That you are claimed, you are his, and he is in you. Now, where is he really? He's in a body still, right? Seated at the right hand of God. He's coming again, folks. And this is through his spirit. His spirit, the, the third person of the Trinity, who now will come into us, who dwells in us, who makes us the new temple of God. You are the dwelling place. And instead, we come and we say, Lord, meet me in this place, in this Buick where I'm sitting. Lord, in this building where I am, meet me here in this place. And God looks at you and says, you are my, what are you talking about? You are my place. I do, I'm dwelling in you. And then for 10 minutes, you have a conversation with God about why he's not doing what you want him to do. This is, that's real, isn't it? I've been there. I've been there. And I'm not trying to open our eyes to this to make you feel funny. I'm trying to open your eyes to this to make you feel strong. Because the apostle is praying that you'd be strengthened with power in your inner being to know it. To know it because we really do, do go through weak times. And then to get strengthened up, we use these artificial means to help us feel better. Instead of joining with the body, instead of coming through discipleship, instead of coming back to the word, instead of coming to him and resting on faith and saying, Lord, in the times of weakness, I know that you've put strength in me. Lord, in these times when I feel so down, I'm calling my brother who can build me up in the faith. In this time when I'm so down, I'm going to get up out of bed and I'm going to come to church anyway because I know, Lord, that you are already there because you are with your people and you are with me. And Lord, I'm building myself up now that I'm going to, I'm going to stand on your word, Lord, and I'm going to go through every circumstance, good or bad, knowing that you are reigning and ruling, that you have named every family, and that you are strengthening by your spirit so I can know Christ is in me. And you preach that to yourself, you declare it, prophesy it to yourself, so that you can stand up now under anything that's happening and be strengthened in him by his spirit to know the truth of God. Because the enemy is always at your doorstep with lies. At every moment to try to disqualify you, to try to make you think that you can't achieve these things, to make you feel like you don't know him and you're not in him. And you've got to come back to the truth to be strengthened with power. That word is so amazing, strengthened with power. You know, when I first read it, I, I've read it a million times, and I suddenly stumbled on that word strength two times in the passage. And I thought, why? 
you know, it would be so much easier if God just made it concrete. If he just concreted it into us. If he would just build it into us or, you know, not be strengthened with power, but instead that God would just by his power every day make this known to us. It would be so much easier. And he does do that by his word. But instead, he strengthens us so that we would see him. He strengthens the muscles of faith inside of us to know that Christ is really faithful to his word and is dwelling within us. The apostle goes on to say that we being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What is this height and depth thing he's talking about there? He has a different clause talking about the love. We usually talk about the height and depth of his love. It's not his love. It's the immeasurable quality of the fullness of him who is indwelling us. That God himself has scooped us out of our poor condition, of our fallen, rebellious, gross, defeated condition, and filled us with himself in the immeasurable grace of his presence. That in every moment, in everything, we would never ever come to the ends of knowing God, of knowing the fullness of him. It's not just knowing his provision for us. It's not just knowing his happiness in our life. It's he himself, that we would know him, the fullness of God, the fullness of him. And that also we would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That even when we think we can get to the end of comprehending the very limits of who God is, which is impossible, that beyond the idea of even comprehending things, we would know his love that would shatter through all the doubts and brokenness of our heart, the sins that were done to us, the sins that we've done. And as we bow our knees to God and say, Lord, forgive me, we know his, his forgiveness washing over us because of his blood, that we would know his spirit in us, the touch of his love that has changed us from being enemies of God to now being joint heirs with Christ. It's limitless. It surpasses knowledge. And in all this, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. The Lord has done a good work in us. He's done a good work in us that we don't deserve. He's done a good work in us that, you know, we can never attain by ourselves. And I'm saying this to you because there's an idea out there that if you just worship hard enough, if you just get in the right meeting, if you just have the right atmosphere, if you just have the right YouTube video, if you can just be in the right place, if you just do it right, it's going to make all the difference. It's not true. It's not true. We think sometimes that we can manipulate God by doing it right and having the right atmosphere, and it doesn't work. It works for a minute, but it doesn't really work. Because the Word of God tells us that the Lord himself who named you, the Lord himself who fills you, the Lord himself who is strengthening you in your inner being, it's by his spirit that we know his love that surpasses our knowledge. It's by his power that he indwells us. It's by his calling. It's by his life. It's by him. There's a big difference between trying to come to find the benefits of God and do it right to try to know peace in him in a way that's outside of what he's called us to and actually just know Jesus. When the people heard Jesus pray and he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They didn't need to have an atmosphere to try to have a miracle. They just needed Jesus. 
And shockingly, the people that were trying to do it right, the people that were trying to make the atmosphere, the Pharisees, they were trying to say it right. They were trying to show everybody. They were trying to have this awe moment. They were trying to make it smell a certain way and look a certain way and be a certain way so that everybody would feel a certain way. And they didn't get it. They looked right at Jesus and missed out on the life of God who was actually standing there. Jesus doesn't need technology. He doesn't need you to come to him in a certain special song. He just needs you to come to him and stand before him and say, Lord, I trust your word. Father, strengthen my heart. Strengthen me in my inner being by your power that no matter what happens around me, I can know you and the indwelling of who you are and use me, God, to encourage others as you are building me up. And as we do that, God, by his spirit, more than we can comprehend, shows us the limitless bounty of all the fullness of who he is, and beyond that even, surpassing all that knowledge, fills us with his love. That love doesn't just result in us saying, oh Lord, meet our needs. And our needs are many, aren't they? They are, let's be honest. But instead, it's, it results in this overflowing love for Jesus, praise to his name, and then care for what he's doing. Have you ever noticed when you spend time with God, when you're around the word of God a lot, when you're praying, when you're close to him, the next thing that happens to you is just love for people? You can't pray 10 minutes before you start, you know, you, you can pray, Lord, you're so glorious, and then you start praying about all these things that are weighing on your mind and your problems, and all of a sudden you find yourself praying for a cousin in Dallas you haven't seen in 10 years. Where, how does that happen? Where all of a sudden somebody's name pops in your head and you're just, your heart's just open for them. Why is that? Because it's the love of Christ that's strengthening you in your inner being, that as you are experiencing the fullness of him, he is limitless in his love. And he brings to mind others because that's what he's about. That's the mission. That's what we're doing. He's filling all things in himself. And he's using you by the gifts and power that he's put in you, not through technology, not through means outside of the word, but through the very word itself. That as you come to him through the word, he strengthens you, and you say, Lord, I believe you. I believe you. Then when you hear the song, because again, the song's not bad. When you hear the song, you start to hear it through the lens of scripture. The evidence is all around. It is all around. It's already all around. You're right. A miracle can happen now, not because the song's in the right place, but because I know God. I know him. I know he's here. I know he's using me. Lord, what do you want me to say? What should I do now? Who should I pray for? What word can I have? What can I do today? Who can I buy lunch for? Who can I help this week? What can I do? Anything out of love for Jesus. That's how we live. That's how we function. That's what God's called us to. That's the book of Ephesians. I'm bringing all this up before you today because, man, our world needs Jesus, doesn't it? Our world needs Jesus. We need Jesus. And we're in a time right now, I'm telling you, and we have our election Tuesday. We'll pray in a minute for our nation. But we're in a time right now where there's division and there's crazy feelings, and you can get caught watching the news for 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day if you want. And just onslaught of all this stuff that's going to cloud your mind and make you feel so small and weird and Oh, Lord, God, what's happening? And you know what? You should be knowing what's going on in the world. So I'm not saying don't watch the news. But I'm saying don't let other things fill in 
that you would be weakened in your inner being because you're not focused on Jesus at all. Don't let all this other stuff come into you where you feel like you're so dry and so broken and so weak before him that you just need uh, that right worship song. And if I just had that worship song, I'll feel better. Instead, let's come to the word of God. Let's be built up in him that we can actually have an answer for our culture. We can have an answer for our neighbors. We can have an answer for ourselves that lasts more than two days. Amen to that? Let me pray for you. We're also going to pray as we pray right now for our nation that the Lord would cause his righteousness, peace, and joy to just flood on us. And then we're going to come to the table. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. Lord, thank you that you've named us. Thank you that you've made us your own. Thank you that you are filling us. You have filled us. Lord, thank you that you've made us yours. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that every person here, every person listening, Lord, every person who encounters this teaching would know by your word and not by my words that you, O God, you are the master of salvation, that you are the one by your spirit who strengthens us that we might know the immeasurable limits of your fullness, that we might beyond comprehension know your love. And Father, it's not by things that we've done. It's not by making the right atmosphere. It's by your call. So Lord, we come to you not with technology, not with trying to make things right, the right feelings around us, but Lord, we just come to you. Jesus, fill us. Jesus, touch us. Jesus, strengthen us in our inner being according to your word. Lord, we trust you. We believe in you. And so right now, we stand in the word of God and say, you are strengthening us. You have filled us. You have made us yours. You have named us. We belong to you, and we stand in all that you have called us to. Lord, all the dry feelings, I pray, would start to go away as we are refreshed with the oil of your presence Lord, you've never left us, and we thank you, God, because you said in your word you would never leave us or forsake us. And so even now, for every person here, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would know a refreshment, God, to know and be strengthened in their inner being beyond all comprehension, your love, your grace, and your presence that has not left us. Lord, we pray for our nation, God. Lord, we ask you for righteousness, peace, and joy. We ask you for peace on Tuesday, God. We ask you, Lord, that our nation would reflect your glory in every way. And so, Father, whoever you choose to be our president, Lord, we ask you for your spirit to lead them. Lord, we ask you for Congress in both houses, for the judiciary, Lord, for every part, every part of our government, Lord, let them bow the knee to you and let them follow you, we pray in the name of Jesus.